0: words on water. at louisville water company and for those of you who don't know it is louisville that's how you say that name uh tennessee has whiskey we have bourbon so that is what makes us different (laughs) uh i've been at louisville water company for 23 years um i like to say i'm a recovering journalist as you'll see in just a moment um and i really just fell in love with the business so i like to say when I describe my work that it's all about getting and keeping a seat at the table as communicators. I think you probably know we can scratch our way to get to the table, but we want to be there when you plan the menu, right? No one wants the sloppy seconds or just the leftovers. We want to be there when you're actually planning the menu, and that's what I've been very focused on um, over the last couple of decades here at Louisville Water. So first, who who, who am I? Um, my story is all about a cow, a chalkboard, a radio station and a faucet. And so I'll put that in perspective. Um, when I grew up on a very rural farm in Eastern Kentucky, a tobacco and a dairy farm, and I just knew that rural life wasn't for me. Um, I loved it and my parents still are there, but I knew it wasn't where I was going to spend the rest of my life. And I always thought I wanted to be a teacher, which is why you see the chalkboard, But in high school, I got a job where I got to travel around the state of Kentucky promoting milk. So if you lived on a dairy farm, you had to promote the value of milk. And that involved a lot of county fairs, public speaking, milking cows and doing radio programs and speaking to rotary clubs. And I fell in love with communications at that point. So I went to college, um, got a degree in journalism, Um, crisscrossed all around the state of Kentucky and landed in Louisville, where my husband was also working in the media, and I really thought that I was going to be the the next Diane Sawyer, like break barriers and do great things. Um, But at the time, we had Katie. She was a year old, and I always said when someone else fed my child breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it was time to find a new career. So, I happened to know someone at Louisville Water Company, in a conversation, I said I am totally burned out. If you have ever, if you ever have a job, I might consider it. And she said, Oh, we've got this brand new position. I'm going to add somebody to my team, and you're you'd be perfect. Well, this was 1999. I had no idea where my drinking water came from. There was no Google. Louisville Water didn't have a website. I didn't grow up here. I knew Louisville Water had a tower. Maybe they had water main breaks. I thought, Okay, what the heck? I'll interview. So I interviewed, I got the job, and I came in and they said, now your first assignment is to find a way for Louisville Water to be a lot more involved in the community. We had just trademarked our water, which you'll hear more about. And so they said, okay, find a partnership. Well, Katie was in daycare at this point, and she was playing with water. As a, in daycare, as a water experiment. And I thought, that's it. So my first job at Louisville Water went back to the chalkboard. I wrote a curriculum on water launched it in the schools i have since done a documentary and a book on louisville water company and i plopped into the water business and i guess you can say i drank the water because i have never looked back Um, so a little bit about me i am also curious i am very creative and i love a good conversation Um, i always ask the question why so my role at louisville water um, has really grown from the lady who hired me in 1999 Um, I was her second employee to growing a department that has a pretty massive footprint today and the lady who hired me retired. She came back and she actually works for me now as a contractor. She likes to say that she does all the things she loves and none of the crap she hates, which means the paperwork and the budget. So uh, that's my story and a little bit more about me before I tell you how I built the team. So in case you didn't know louisville water we started in 1860 as kentucky's first public drinking water provider um, we have a very rich history with water quality we were the site of george warren fuller's landmark experiments in water filtration in 1896. the building that you see on the right hand side those are our original structures um, from from in 1860. we started out as drinking water and today we still just do drinking water now we partner with uh louisville msd who is the wastewater stormwater um, entity here in Louisville? But our direct focus is drinking water. Um, today, those original facilities they still stand on the Ohio River, and they're national historic landmarks. The white building is where the Waterworks Museum is today. the The, uh, the brown buildings that you see there are our main pumping stations. We deliver water um, every day to about a million people in the Louisville region and also the surrounding communities. Um, One thing that does make Louisville water unique is we are the first and the only utility to trademark tap water. So in Louisville, the drinking water is so good. It has a trademark name and it's called Louisville Pure Tap. We put our brand and our logo and our message on bottle fill stations in Louisville. There are about 90 locations now that have a, a beautiful message like that. That's at a, so the, the, the mantra that I really live by and what I tell Everyone I think in the in the industry I talk to here at Louisville Water, we tell stories. We don't issue statements. We are conversational. We are approachable. And I firmly believe that the only time the people who use our water hear from us or they see from us, it really can't be when something breaks, there's a crisis, or we need money. And I want to make sure that you see the word people because a lot of times in our industry, I think we say the only time our customers, hear from us or see from us. Well, there's a lot of people who use our services who don't get a bill. And so I think that by saying people, it implies that we have a responsibility um, to this entire community, not just those who get a bill from us. Everyone always asks me for my secret, for my communication plan, and the engineers laugh at me, but this is it. I don't have this five volume book. I go by colored circles. Now there are, of course, ways to execute but this is what my staff lives by Um, and they laugh all the time because I say bring out the colored circles whatever's happening goes right in the middle and these are all the things that we think about our most important audience is our internal audience that's our employees and key stakeholders inside we always think about the content here we think about metrics and we think about visuals Um, there's a lot of detail as you all know that goes into this but I find that This has been a way for me to actually help the engineers at Louisville Water understand what my team does to build the brand. So I'm gonna stop sharing so I can uh, give you a sense of what we do. So how did we get to where we're at? What, What I quickly learned at Louisville Water Company was I had to build support for telling the story of Louisville Water. I was really fortunate that when I got here, we had just trademarked our water. So we were already very proactive. And we also had that giant water tower. I mean, in 1860, our founders were brilliant. They actually built the water tower for, for um, pressure with the steam pumps, but they chose that Greek architecture because they thought if our buildings look nice, people might drink the water instead of the bourbon. Uh, we were trying to sell a product that nobody used. So they were marketers back then. But when I came here, we were considered the group that just prettied it up. Or, oh, we've got we've got this. Will you just hand this out? Will you deliver this for us? We were never involved in the strategy. And so what I realized very quickly is that in order to get the team built and to get our message in the community, I first had to start on the inside. And I had to build an understanding of what communications did. And then I had to find some brand endorsers in the community to build that up as well. I learned very quickly that we are a data driven business, and I should have known that when I walked in the door, because coming from a newsroom, we're all about um, the metrics, the Nielsen metrics. How many people watched your newscast and what story did they like? Well, I realized here at Louisville Water, we're all about the metrics in terms of water quality, in terms of an engineering plan. So I actually built my team based on data. Um, After I authored the curriculum, teachers would give us glowing remarks, They would start to talk about us, word of mouth started to travel. So we started plotting where we would go and how that built up support for what we did. Um, We started walking the routes when the engineers would have a big project. And we found that if we didn't just come into the group and say, this is what we're doing, but we got into the community and let the community drive the message, then we could bring our engineering and our water quality teams along with us. Um, So it's really about understanding the story internally. The other thing that I I focused a lot on is connecting the dots. So the education program was something we started with. Then we had the water itself and how do we elevate that brand? Um, We saw an opportunity with our original pumping station to put a museum in. And so then you had to calculate that ROI. What are we going to get and where can I slide communications into a capital budget? Um, I've learned very quickly that you cannot capitalize communication. No one really wants to do it. It's always O&M, which drives me crazy, but I have found that if I get in on the front part of the project that I have a better chance of getting money. Um, So I so so the metrics and the money have been really important for me. Um, But I also had to prove the value to the community, and by that it was just getting out in the community and selling our product, selling our team. I creatively put the team together. And here's what I mean by that. I'm not sure about your company, your utility, but FTEs are hard to get. And so I did a patchwork quilt. uh, Like I like to say, I have contractors. I had part time employees. I would eventually bring on some full time folks. So today the footprint includes um, about 18 people who are a mix of full time, part time and contractors. Now, we're working towards getting a lot of those folks into full-time jobs because we're focused on succession planning, but I found that by creatively using the budget, I could meet the need. Um, We are not a traditional utility communications group. We do a lot of branding. You heard me talk about the water fill stations. We actually have our own bourbon partnership. We have our our rocks, glass, glass. We have a shot glass so you can have a shot or you can have the full thing. We actually have a great beer partnership as well. We hand out these bottles by the thousands, they're reusable, but we also um, are in the community serving water in different ways. So if you work at Louisville Water, you gotta be a brand ambassador. I, I like to use the analogy of Ford. We make Ford Explorers here in Louisville. If you work at Ford and you drive onto the lot in a Chevy or a Toyota, you have to park across the street because that's not the brand. It's the same thing at Louisville Water. Don't walk in with your Dasani or Aquafina because if you do, I'm gonna pour it in one of these bottles and I'm gonna say you gotta drink the brand. Uh, you may not be the brand, but you gotta have to drink the brand. How many times have you been to a meeting where there's bottled water on the table? Shame on us. Uh, it's it's unheard of. Why do we do this in the industry? I just I cannot get over this. And so. I started becoming the brand ambassador here at Louisville Water Company. Many people would say I'm the brand police. Um, so we built our brand, we started getting community support, and suddenly when social media started, then we had all kind of organic ambassadors who love Louisville water, and the company realized it. They realized that we were onto something because we had trust. When the water mains broke, when we raised rates, When PFAS surfaces in the news or lead or chromium six, we had thousands of brand endorsers who say that's Louisville water. They got that. I'm not worried. So we've been in the community today, our education program. We have eight people who teach for us. Um, We reach about 100 schools every year, and now we do virtual programming. Um, We serve Louisville Peer Tap at events all over the city. We have mobile water units. My team today is really focused on content, education and outreach, but we're also involved in economic development. So I spend a lot of my time working with economic development teams in the state because water is the key to business. So now we're attaching our, that's another way to think about the money and the budget is economic development. Public affairs comes under my group as well, as does new lines of business. So if Louisville water is thinking about regionalization, or thinking about trying a new product or service, then I have a seat at the table for that. Um, So over the past 20 years, the job has grown from um, one person, two people handing out as many of these bottles as we could, to a team of 17 or 18 people who are in the community every day. My jobs, I started as a communications specialist, and I'm now extremely proud that it's it's at the C-suite level. So I actually am at the table with our president, the VPs, we are all equals. And so there is nothing that gets discussed without a communications lens. Um, and that that's huge. So whether it's a small business program and being an employer of choice, my voice is always part of that conversation. I think in our industry, we have to start to view communications as a profession. Um, I had to go to college, I had to get a degree, and I approach things very strategically just like an engineer, a water quality, or finance. When I think about communicating, I'm thinking about the audience, the words, how it's received, where it's received, and that's not putting it up, right? That's a very strategic, uh, it's a method that you do. So I think in our industry, until we change that thinking and we realize that communications is a profession, it's not a passive act, then we really don't have a lot of hope. Um, With... Things that are looking at our industry right now, the infrastructure bills, lead and copper, PFAS, we, it is our moment as a communicator. If you don't use this infrastructure bill to build strength and public trust, to tell your story of how you make and deliver drinking water, how you take care of the stormwater and the wastewater, and shame on you, you have missed what I consider the golden opportunity what are the biggest challenges communication-wise where you were in TV and radio or whatever to now you're with a utility? Was it the way you communicated with the public? Uh, what were those big challenges going from TV to utilities? Huh. Well, the first one was that we actually take lunch breaks in the utility industry. <laughs> I never took lunch. So, so, so that was uh, that way. Um, The other challenge for me coming from television to here is that it takes forever to make a decision. Um, There's so many layers to go through. Um, You know, there's not a five o'clock deadline where you had to have that story done. However, I do think I use my journalism degree more today than I would have had I stayed in television. And here's why, because remember I said we tell stories, we don't issue statements. I write, my team writes everything we do as if it's going to be copy and pasted on a news story. We think like the customer. And now Katie by the way is 24 and I've got Courtney who's 20. How do you think they get their news? How would they learn about Louisville Water Company? They are not gonna watch television. They are not gonna gonna read the newspaper They're on their phone, so now I've got to think like Katie and Courtney because they're our future customers. Um, So I think the journalism degree actually helped me more than it hurt me in this business. Um, I did have to learn a lot along the way. I didn't know anything about marketing, and I've learned that. I really didn't know a lot about brand management, and so I've kind of self-taught myself that along the way and learned from friends in the industry. Um, And now I know a lot about parts per million and parts per trillion, too, so yeah. I'd love for you maybe to chat about the next round brewing thing and why that worked for you all to do that and, and how it worked, you know, collaborating with others. And like, the second thing I'm curious about really is, you know, you got Louisville MSD, you got Louisville water and you guys are both two powerhouses, you know, like really um, what that relationship is like, you know, and how you have different sides of the house, but still kind of, I don't know. Work together in some way. I'm just yeah. curious about what that's like. So, there's two two part question okay. there. So, for those of you who aren't as familiar with the Louisville area, so Louisville Water is a private company. We started in 1854. You could buy a share of stock. Remember, people drank bourbon. They didn't drink water. Um, they really did. Our one of our first customers were distilleries. So, we are owned by the city of Louisville. They own all of our stock the city gets a dividend, the city gets free water for all its own facilities in Louisville, it's a very unique setup. MSD here is a district of the state, so very different setup. So there, we looked at one time at putting the two organizations together, but it would be problematic because as we all know, wastewater agencies have a much larger debt than drinking water does. And with that consent decree, the city would have instantly lost its dividend for years. Um, and you can never recreate Louisville water once you dissolve that charter. So it was not a, a good business sense. So we are on the same bill. We collaborate for customer assistance. We collaborate for messaging around the value of water. Um, and we really try to help build each other's brand. I mean, it should be no secret to anybody that wastewater prices are much more expensive than drinking water, um, especially when you have a consent decree attached onto it. So telling that one water story is critically important because at the end of the day customers get one bill for both services and they're looking at us the same. And so for MSD or Louisville water to be successful, the other has to do a good job. Um, you mentioned the next round brewing and that was a fun project um, you know, it's all about taking uh, reused water to make beer right and and highlighting that the water we put back in our streams is is clean. It's okay. Well Louisville Water had a little heartburn when that project first got suggested and we laughed about it because we have we have an awesome partnership with the brewers. Um, We don't want you to do anything into our water. They don't do anything to our water. They put it straight into the brew and so kudos to the folks here at Kentucky Tennessee and MSD for kind of thinking outside the box and how we tell that story. Um, The reason I really like next round brewing is it's a great way to highlight the value of something we all take for granted and that's water. But it also helped us talk about how we're an anchor in the community. What, where else do you, what else do you know that has a connection to every business and home in your city? It's water, and so whether it's a beer, whether it's bourbon, whether it's a hospital, the slugger bat, a school, anytime you can connect water to what matters in your city, then you can have a conversation about value. And so next round brewing for us. Um, was an awesome experiment. Um, it was a lot of fun, uh, and 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 I know that that the, the idea of reuse isn't as popular in Kentucky as it is in a lot of parts of the United States, but that doesn't mean that it won't be one day. So elevating that message now, I think, is is really good. What have you found effective in ensuring that the messaging that you get out in the event of a an issue that occurs in the system, whatever that may be, break, you know, boil water, what have you. Um, how do you how do you manage that most effectively so that it's clear, concise, and there's not a? Well, with, when it comes to risk communication, you have to have a foundation, and the foundation has to be there before the risk happens. So, you know, we we are very upfront in talking about risk and drinking water. Um, we were we talked about PFAS to a community group last night, and and we'll take on the environmental working group if they do one sample in Louisville what I do samples every hundreds of samples every quarter. I mean, so you have to own your story. You have to know your facts. I think in a time of a crisis, though, you have got to be visible. You cannot wait until you have all the information to come out and acknowledge there's something happening because you want your customers to come to you. And if they don't find it from you, they're going to go someplace else until they find it um I think that relationship is just as important with the media in your town as well and that's hard because I'm not sure about your city but these are like 24 year olds working in the media right now who a lot of them don't even know where the water mains are located and so we have to be very upfront we have to be on ongoing with our dialogue with them and whenever we have a crisis our mantra here is we own the message and we control the story and we do that by saying you can get me three times a day it's this time in the afternoon at the evening those are our updates we have trained the media to follow us on twitter so that if there is a crisis we go to twitter first and that's how we push out our information but at the same time we are sending that same information here at louisville water Um, we're making sure our employees have the same information we're putting out um, yeah, I just, but you just get, when you have a crisis, you also have to be ongoing when there's not a crisis. If you're just not visible and you can't do it one way. Um, and the other thing is I've really learned you've got to deliver the message where customers can receive it. Um, if, it's a, if it's a main break on the college campus, then we've got to be on social really quick. And you can't do Facebook. College students aren't on Facebook, right? So you've got to pick your channel that's where that strategy comes into play um I think so often people we just we just want to be active when a crisis and but then we get mad with the coverage we got when I don't think we had any reason to get mad because we weren't active before then um I think we have to remember that I'm a customer as well and and I'm going to be honest and tell you I don't know or I do know and if I know a little bit I'm gonna tell you a little bit uh yeah there's no comment is not an option and hiding is not either. So, right, I think you kind of answered it, um, uh, Kelly, but um, right, obviously, I mean, you have a diverse audience, right? You've got businesses, big businesses, small businesses, industry and public users. So, um, you know, how do you focus a message or, or or is it one common message or is it many different messages according to your audience? We take whatever's happening in the middle of those colored circles and we tailor it based on the audience that needs to hear it. Um, And so, for example, if that's a thing on, let's just say it's PFAS and we're doing some testing and we know there's a story coming out, we're gonna make sure our call center gets one message, we're gonna make sure um, the elected leaders get one message and the health department gets a very different message. Now, it takes a team approach to do that. But when we can tailor the message, we do it. Um, Yeah, and not everything is a broadcast message either. It just depends on the story, yeah. Yeah, so it's not always that simple. It's, uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it can be very complicated and you have to reach out to many different departments or divisions or individuals to get that message, right? And it's it's not what you say, but how you say it. I mean, I had an aha moment the other day thinking about lead right now. How many of you have seen, and we've all said it too, I think, Lead and drinking water. We're focused on lead and drinking water or lead and drinking water. We all know what we mean. What did the customer hear? Lead Lead and drinking water. water. Lead and drinking water. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we've got to stop because we need to focus on the risk. The water's good when it leaves the treatment plant. We're focusing on plumbing, not... So again, just simple things like that make all the difference in the world. Words on water.